0: Welcome to Digitally Creative. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari. Joining me this week is my good and longtime friend. You know him as the high-caliber craftsman, but he's just Austin to me. It's my good friend, Austin Saunders. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Hey, Vincent. What's happening, man? Austin is... I don't know if you guys know this, but Austin is the epitome of digital creation. I mean, when I think <laughs> digital fabrication and creation, I think Austin Saunders. Right, Austin? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's my MO. <laughs> I mean, I so... Those of you that have been listening since i since I rebooted the show, you know that it's not always about digital fabrication whenever sometimes it's just about content creation and Austin is a troll slayer, which is my one of my favorite things, <laughs> and the master of gifs, which is another one of my favorite things, especially if you uh follow him in any of the chats he's in, but he's also a podcaster, so I figure I can shoehorn those descriptions into fitting into this podcast so <laughs> yeah
1: and I mean I figure like I'm doing digital recording right video producing
0: yeah. content creation is content creation is digital creation as far as i'm concerned and that's how i'm going to stretch it when i want to have someone on but they don't fit into the mold of using a cricket cnc or a laser <laughs> 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 it's not bad right how you been man i feel like it's been a long time since we've like spoken i mean other than and obviously i won't talk about it on here but other than the new product you're developing which i am so excited for that I cannot wait until you start making them because I will be buying one immediately. I don't care what you charge for it. Oh, wait, that's stupid. Don't tell the guy making the thing. You don't care what he's charging for Oh, <laughs> well, it. I've it's got like, a special sure. prize for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But what have you been up to?
1: Man, I've been just uh, really focusing on trying to make some more tools. So I'm I'm doing, I'm kind of, of course, I make pens. That's my main gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of gearing up to to doing some more tool making. So I'm making some leather malls. Um, mm. I'm making the new, uh, which we can talk about it. I'm making a new product that's going to be an X-Acto blade holder. Um, So it's a a redesigned X-Acto knife. Um, And I'm trying to correct all the issues that make me hate X-Acto knives. (laughs) So like it coming loose and dropping the blade or it rolling off a table and things like that.
0: My favorite thing well I told Ethan I always told Ethan with his Exacto knives, right? The thing that I loved about his Exacto I mean, I'm not this is not to knock the craftsmanship of it, right? Cuz the craftsmanship of his Exacto knives is chef's kiss. It's beautiful. Right. It's one of my favorite things. I was one of the people at the beginning that told him that's his killer product he should start selling them. But I think what makes his Exacto knife so good and why I've been using his so much is because the leather makes it more ergonomic. Absolutely. And I, I feel like the problem with exacto knives is they're all these, like they're basically dowels with a blade in the end of them. And they're all shitty to hold they're They, they feel terrible and you're fixing the other problem that people probably have and just accept it as the norm. I mean, aside from it rolling off the table, which I love that you're fixed the way you're fixing that. But the big problem is, you know, why don't you tell people the biggest problem that you're fixing and how you fixed it? Because I think it's, brilliant as soon as i saw it i was like i'm in this is it i'm sold
1: yeah so the biggest problem to me is and i don't know if it's just me but like when i'm using an exacto i spin the collet with my fingers somehow and it basically releases the blade mm-hmm. and normally it releases the blade when i'm like halfway stuck in a project and now i've got a blade sticking out of a project that i'm trying to recover you know mm-hmm. and so my main goal was like this thing cannot release like right i want it I want a mechanical feature that makes this lock in. And um, so I'm, I'm doing it with a, with a, a a locking screw. Uh, It's like an Allen key screw. And just, I want it to be like, the only way this would ever come out is if you took a pair of pliers and pull and just
0: like absolutely destroyed it to get it, to get it out. (laughs) You'd have to actually crack the blade to get it out. Essentially. That's what I'm
1: shooting for. Yeah.
0: I I think I you know I re- I realized I realized how brilliant it was when you just said you when you somehow spin the collet and I realized that every time the blades ever come loose when I'm cutting a curve it's because you kind of turn the blade in your hand a little bit right and it doesn't take much to release that stupid clamp on the end of an exacto knife and I just realized that the reason I don't have that problem with Ethan's is because he covers it with leather right it's like it now it's all clicking. Like, yeah, that's why it does. That's why it's not so much of a problem. But, dude, I am so excited about that because the Exacto is one of those things that you use a lot. In fact, I stopped using most Exactos. I only use Ethan's or I use my Maker knife because I don't like dealing with the the knives themselves. I have like five Exacto knives. They're all in a drawer. Like, screw it. I don't want to use them. <laughs> yep, exactly.
1: That's I use Ethan's, and it's the same thing. His leather makes it more. More ergonomic and comfortable to hold, and mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why they're making. I guess it's just cheaper to make them thinner like that. But I
0: think it's just the way they've always made them because you know, you and I were talking. You and I were actually talking about this. I said, you know, Cricket makes the nicest Exacto I've ever used, right. and all they did was make it a little bit thicker where you grab it and put some rubber on it. That's it. That's all they changed, and it's such a nice experience. And it's okay. It's thirty seven dollars. Okay. But I would pay $37 for a tool that's comfortable and easy to use and nice, you know? Right. Yeah, I so agree. I feel like hopefully that's...
1: Hopefully people will pay more than $37 for tool.
0: <laughs> I think I think they totally will. It's funny because when I gave you the price, I'm like, no, oh, I hope I'm kind of in the ballpark here. And you told me that that was where you were looking to charge. I'm like, okay, good, because that's what I would pay for it. So <laughs> we're <right>. golden. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, it's always but, tough to price a product, especially when you're coming into a market that you're not exactly sure on, you know. And and your right. competitive products are going to be like 3 bucks or 4. Yeah, that's bucks what I was going to say. Amazon. You're
0: competing against essentially a commoditized product. Right. Um but you're doing I mean, but you kind of do that with your pens too. Your pens it's are It's exactly
1: the same. Yeah.
0: Your pens pens are kind of commoditized too, and yet people will still buy an Austin Saunders ridiculously expensive because it's beautiful pen, you know. Right yeah that's yeah. people always ask me like "They're like, so what do you do for a living and i'm like i, I make pens
1: and like like writing pens i'm like yeah and I'm, they're like can i get my business name on them and i'm like not that kind like I'm that's like not what i'm sticks, doing dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what i need to do is be like yeah no problem but you have to order a thousand and then i'll just order it and dump it to them
0: <laughs> but it's, uh, pe- people don't like nice people don't really like nice writing instruments anymore like they don't appreciate that 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 thing like there's a certain class of people that appreciate the craftsmanship of it so therefore they appreciate a really nice pen that's handmade and hand fitted and you know hours went into making it you know it's just it's kind of a lost art
1: yeah it definitely you have your 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 certain clientele you know like i have got when i release a new style pen it'll be like the same five people that buy the first five. Like it's the same people over and over it's, And it's, it's your, you know, your top fans or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. you know, the people who really in, enjoy your work. So sure. hopefully I can, you know, convert some of them to buy some of these new products and, um, or find some new versions of them to, to buy the stuff.
0: I like the idea of, I like the idea of you making tools because a lot of, a lot of machinists and people that do kind of the stuff you do don't seem to be doing as much of that. It's like they're doing like they're doing parts of a bigger thing. Like, oh, look, I can I remember (laughs) I remember when you made the acorn nut with the router bit. I remember that was like I feel like that was a million years ago. It was like three years ago. But I remember watching you do that and going, wow. But that's the kind of stuff that most machinists seem to make. They don't make, you know, you and A.J. Huff is another one who the product is made on them is the machining. Like that's the whole thing it's kind of interesting watching you go as opposed, cause I, a lot of the machinists on Instagram, I don't even watch because it's like, it's, I'm not interested in watching how you make a spring. Like it doesn't right. interest me. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like,
1: as I, I enjoy like, you know, womb to tomb, like mm-hmm. from scratch to, to finish product. So, and I get messages all the time where people are like, Oh, I need you to make this widget, like whatever, whatever it is, you know? Mm hmm. And I'm like, man, that is just so not interesting to me at all. Like, I want to be able to. It's it's almost like watching a movie, and then the last ten minutes being like, all right, that's good enough. Like, <laughs> I don't even see the end. <laughs> like, you know, um, it's it's just not as interesting to me. And so, but that's what makes me a shitty machinist because most machinists can just sit there and grind the same part out all day, every day, and be happy with it. And I am not a fan of that
0: you're i I, I don't know maybe i'm if i'm misreading it based on the stuff you make but do you consider yourself more of one of those because i noticed that machinists seem to break themselves down along like two camps you have your artsy guys who are doing like really artistic stuff and pretty stuff and they're doing you know crazy knurling patterns and all that stuff and you have the guys that are just like i got this into you know 1400 thousandths you know and it's like this is the yeah. super crazy precision where you couldn't fit a hair between these gaps you know like where do you kind of see yourself in the machinist space are you more of the artsy guy or are you more of the I'm an artsy guy but I'm damn precise too like uh well
1: no I'm definitely not precise <laughs> like I'm I'm as precise as it needs to be you know like mm-hmm. um I feel like some guys shoot for zeros on parts that Don't need to have zero shot at them. Like, it's, you know, uh, how about this? I'm the uh, woodworker tolerance machinist. (laughs) I was
0: just going to say, you have the tolerance. I was literally, that was the next thing out of my mouth is you have the tolerances of a woodworker. That's within a 30 second. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe not
1: that big. I mean, that's pretty big. (laughs) See, (laughs) now you're talking like a machinist. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. If we're within like five or 10 thou, what's that between friends, you know? But I'm, you, I'm like the uh the TikTok machinist where it's it's close enough and I can put a filter on it it looks real good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to um I have to applaud you because there was a t- there was um a couple of oh my god now I'm thinking about it it had to be about a almost a year ago. Wow. Um I bought some stuff from online metals and I had no way to cut it. And you and I were trying to figure out a good way for me because I don't have room for, like, I really would love just a a foot-operated gigantic shear. But, of course, I don't have room for that. And I only got spoiled by that because I used one in Emily Joyce's shop. But um, I actually, you helped me figure out a way to do it. And what I ended up doing, you're not going to believe this, but to cut the bronze and to cut the brass, you know what I ended up using? No, what? A bimetal blade on my jigsaw. Oh, there you go. And I slowed the jigsaw all the way down, and it works beautifully, like it cuts through it like butter and I took the i took the big sheet I had a twelve by twelve by it was like fourteen gauge, so it was really thick um for you know for jewelry purposes, it's really right. thick, and I cut it into like three inch squares just so it was more manageable so I could bring it home and work on it on my jewelry bench but yeah you kind of you kind of had me looking at bandsaws, and I was looking and I was like, This is kind of good, but I don't know if I need to spend that much and then i at at one point in the conversation, you said you could just use a jigsaw with a metal cutting blade, and I'm like, Yeah, I have a jigsaw and I don't use it for literally anything. I might as well use it for this and wow, I have so much metal now to make jewelry with, so uh yeah it's like interesting how Abby. you
1: can you can convert you know there's a lot of woodworking tools you can convert some to at least work with metal, especially if you're using non-ferrous stuff, you know, non-ferrous is, it's basically just like hard wood, but yeah. um, There's a lot of tools that can be modified.
0: I'm terrified. I really want to start working with aluminum on my, on, we have, for those of you listening, we actually have the same CNC. Um, Me, Austin and Jeff all got them at the same time. We got the same machines. I think I might've kind of convinced people to buy them and, Jeff is doing well with it Austin hates it but <laughs> 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 but I I well, really want to start doing aluminum and I don't I'm scared to death and I know it's not dangerous I know it's not going to hurt the machine I know it's not even a big deal but metal scares me as a woodworker
1: Yeah I mean the problem with uh with aluminum is it, the galling right so mm-hmm. it like galls the um the the router bit and it basically just like welds aluminum to the router bit and turns it into a smooth Really fast spinning, high friction, non cutting <laughs> router bit, and so that's the first time I put something on the She-Poco. Uh Actually, I was trying to cut a plate for the Enlightenment Challenge,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I was doing for that lamp right there, actually behind me, and uh, I was trying to cut a circle out of aluminum. And I was like, "Hey, we got this CNC. Let's throw it on there." And it immediately galled, and and it just so when it galled, it it also grabbed and just dove down. into like this half-inch aluminum plate. And uh, it didn't snap the bit, but it just stalled the machine out.
0: Really? And I was like, okay,
1: maybe maybe I learned some more before I just hit go.
0: (laughs) So- what you, I know, I know to clean. I know that when when it gums up like that, I've heard of people using a lye solution. I think they just drop yeah, the I bits just, in lye and it just eats it up. But so what do you do? What do you do? Like obviously, is it damaging the carbide? Like it's done? Like throw the bit away or is it? No, just yeah,
1: you could do like Winston. He would just like soak it in lye. But what I do is I just I I take it out and then I throw it in the trash and I put a new one in. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I'm not gonna sit there for hours. You know, it's it's you screwed up you just pay the dummy tax and go to the next one
0: is it is it something you can avoid or is it just a natural concept? i'm fascinated by this because i'm telling you this is something i really have wanted to do for a while and i'm feeling like i need to just get off my ass and start experimenting and if i have to buy some cheap chinese uh, mills on amazon which i might just because i don't want to wreck my good ones sure um just buy some cheap chinese mills and just go for it and see how yeah, it works and it, you don't need carbide for aluminum
1: like high-speed steel will cut it, you know. It's it's not, Brilliant. yeah. I mean, there's no reason, but so WD-40 is great for mm-hmm. a cutting fluid for aluminum. Okay. The problem is, is you're on like an MDF bed, and you know yeah. that might run some issues. I am absolutely not an expert on machining aluminum in a striperco. Now, <laughs> in a lathe or a mill, I'm your man. But it uh, in in a in a other controlled environment. So I'm sure that some people are running it and have some sort of coolant setup but mm-hmm. you could also just use air blast, which would just be like, you know, a, um, essentially using air as a coolant mm-hmm. and, and trying to keep it that way. So you could like squirt some WD 40 on your area and then use air blast. And it would probably stop it from galling. Also it also, um, if you're using like fusion to mm-hmm. do your, um, machining, like your, your, your controller, this is going to be me like talking out of school here. Cause I have no idea what I'm talking about, but they can do like the ramped, Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Decelerate. whatever it's called you do ramping
0: ramping into the cut and ramping out of the yeah 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 so you're only going you go in a little bit and then down so it doesn't just plunge straight in which is what you don't want
1: right yeah so and that's with the carbide create
0: software it doesn't have that option so it does it does if you have the pro version which i do it does have ramping yeah you can you can tell it how much to ramp and how fast to go as it's ramping so you can you just, the funny thing about Carbide Create is you have to pay for Pro to get anything out of it. It's, okay. But it's worth it. It's $120 a year, and you get a lot for that $120. Maybe um, that's worth investing in. That's, it, it really is. Because it's decent software when you pay for the Pro. It really is. As I'm often, a fan. I'll do a trial period. I'm sure they have a
1: trial that you can They do.
0: It's they do. It's it's um it's um I think it's a 30-day trial, might be a 60-day trial, but it's totally worth it. Even if you'd use it just for the STL import, it's worth it. Like that's a cool that's a really cool feature. And there's extra stuff you can do if you have the pro version. I think it's in the standard version now, but there's extra stuff you can do with pro, but you can also do rest machining with pro, which you can't do without, which rest machining is everything. Like you, you don't even do multiple mills without rest machining you're wasting your time it's a massive waste of time so i really do have to i keep saying i have every time i look at that machine in my shop it's like okay if you don't have any client stuff this week this is the week where you really have to start getting closer to jeff level and away from remedial cnc 101 level (laughs) right and i'm just i know how to operate the machine i just don't have a project that needs it you know it's and yeah, sometimes I, mean, I get lazy and use the laser <laughs>
1: sometimes you have to make the project up just to mm-hmm. do it you know and you can write it off as content creation or whatever you want to do but it's not really it's idea. just you going to school um i do tons of those normally <laughs> like it's like oh i want to i should make one of these and people are like oh who's did you are you making that for sale i'm like no i'm just making it to make it to to learn you know to, to see if i can make it that's how the it any- started so. I was
0: gonna say, okay, so the, the okay. I was gonna ask if the if you've had any projects that you started as just why because I can type projects and that turned into something bigger. Yeah, that one I was like, I just had the idea over the weekend, and this is how I am. I'm like so
1: scatterbrained and like ADD, where it's like I had that idea, and then mm-hmm. it's like it is all I could think about all weekend long. So on Monday morning, I was like, okay, I'm gonna spend two hours and figure this out, and then within two hours, I had a finished product. So, and I was like, wow, it's actually for a first rendition, it was pretty good. And then, um, of course I, I have like my crew of people that I bounce ideas off of. You're in it. Obviously you get, you got mm-hmm. the, one of the pitch, the pitchers at the beginning and, mm-hmm. uh, Grant was in it. And I, I always, I, I send it to Grant third because I want a couple attaboys first before he shits on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I send it to him oh third. I build up my confidence level with two other people that I know I'll get a good response from. You
0: can be and ready for it. grant. You can be yeah. ready for grant by taking the positive stuff first. I, right. I I it's funny cuz I try I always try like you're very one of the things I like one of the things I like about you when you send something over like it's always something interesting. And you sent this one over to me and I'm like, this is really freaking cool. Is there anything short, anything that looks like a shortcoming? I couldn't find anything. And I was like, wow, I guess I'm just going to kiss his ass about this one because this is actually <laughs> just, this is just flat out cool. So um, have you gotten yeah. any feedback on it where or some, where somebody had other input other than like, yeah, that's, that's neat. I would buy one of those or. Well,
1: Grant's input. He was like, he's like. Where's the, t- where's the Allen key going? Because I'm going to lose it. And I was like, well, so my first idea was, uh, let's, let's 3d print a blade protector and mm-hmm. then have it where it holds the Allen key with the blade protector. Right. I always lose the blade protectors though. I'm That's not exactly lie. what he said. He's like, so the first thing I do is throw that away. And I was like, well, <laughs> you're going to throw away your key then. And he was like, can't you do something else with it? And I was like, man, okay, maybe I'll make it like a magnet on the back or something like that. But I hated the way everything looked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to actually do work and mach- make make it where it's hidden and in, inside the body of it. And so I ended up threading it and then making turning the the back screw piece into the actual Allen key. Um,
0: that was itself. the that was the aha moment when I saw that because I'm looking at it and I see I see that I see what you're doing. Like it's obvious what you're doing from the very from even the the still frame in the video. And I'm like, this is cool. This is cool, and then you unscrewed the top to get the key to tighten the blade or loosen the blade, and I'm like, okay, I'm in. This is genius. Like that's it. Like I don't have to keep handy a you know a number one heck and a number one Allen wrench or whatever size you ended up using on there. Right, absolutely fantastic, guys. And I'm telling you, wait to follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Instagram at High Caliber Craftsman Builds. And keep an eye out for when he starts posting about this, because you are absolutely going to want one, especially if you already have a, um, like a Jimmy Duresta ice pick, because it's uh, aesthetically, aesthetically, it goes nicely. I have a Jimmy Duresta pick and I have an Austin Saunders pick.
1: <laughs> right. So,
0: yeah. That's... I have like a the brass tool collection.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, I'm a sucker for brass. So me too. Let's, I made it brass hex, you know, because mm-hmm. I was like, I love brass and I love the hex was the reason I wanted to use hex was so it didn't roll off the damn table. And, uh, so, so practical. Yeah. And, uh, and Grant was telling me, he's like, he's like the beauty of you using that side flat side is he's like, you can lay the blade and use it as a scoring. So it mm-hmm. gives you like a certain depth off the table. So if you're like marking around a part or something, I'm like, ah, that's not a bad idea. Every once in a while, you know, a, a blind Canadian finds a nut. And uh, so <laughs> Listen, he has a couple of good ideas on this progress.
0: If you can integrate, if you could integrate a spirit level into it, it would be the perfect tool and I would carry it with me. It would just, it wouldn't just be something that I use as a tool. Like if you could carve a little trough and shove a spirit level in there, the way the ice picks have. Oh yeah. Chef's kiss. I, yeah. I, I just, I'm I'm excited about, this is one of the few things I've seen, that's a tool that I actually, cause I always see these cool tools and it's like, that's cool, but that's not a tool I really use enough to justify. Right. Like, this is a tool. I use the exacto a lot. In fact, it's one of the few tools that's not across the room. It's right on the table that I work on all the time.
1: Yeah. So, so I want to, I'm I'm thinking I'm going to try to do a Kickstarter with it and then to fund, uh, me getting a fiber laser. Um, mm-hmm. and the reason I want a fiber laser is so I can make cooler tools, <laughs> you know, you know fiber laser the, with some kind of rotary on it and then you could really kick some ass. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm yeah. after. And um, and I wanted to and I, I so even for that um, the I don't I don't have a name for it yet, but the the blade holder I want to do um, where I can laser engrave some uh, like a like a scale, like a rule on the side of it. So it's there if you know, it just it just add one more element. So I do it in imperial and then
0: also put the wrong metric on the other side uh if somebody wanted that (laughs) i just sent you in in our instagram chat i just sent you the name you're welcome that's your name that's awesome that's really good
1: good. i'm totally gonna steal that i'll trade you you for the one i gave you earlier
0: fair enough okay all good all good we both have ideas now that's um that's a i i just it hit me while we were chatting the name is obvious so i love it perfect um yeah no this is this is really good i love i love watching see a product guy gets excited about stuff like this right like a product guy you are definitely a product guy and i I hear like when you talk about the the little components that go into a product and the little details that make the product really perfect i like i like that enthusiasm because it tells me that this isn't just something you're making to sell this is something you're making that you're basically putting your reputation into when it goes out the door and i i respect that tremendously you know,
1: what's also super cool about making tools is it's, I'm making something so somebody else can make something. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's so, it's almost like making inception, right? Like, cause then I, later I get tagged in their photos where they're making some, it's, it's kind of like, I get to like, uh, it's almost like, you know, like what I assume having grandkids is like, cause it's like your thing that you made is now making things over there, you know, like. <laughs> Right. That's so, like, the
0: craziest analogy I've ever heard, but I love it. <laughs> right.
1: So, like, I get to see, like, the generational of making things uh, down the line, which I think is just really cool. And it's it's cool to be a part of somebody's workflow, especially when they're like, man, I use this all the time and I love it. So, I don't know. That gets me jacked up. I like that.
0: Yeah. I, I remember when you made, um, was it Ethan that got the first leather mall? or I uh, somebody... Yeah. So,
1: I built myself one and then he got the first one I ever made to, as, you know. As a product
0: so for beautiful. somebody. So yeah. beautiful. And I and I, you know, I unapologetically voted for you in the mallet challenge that you had with Dean because I just thought it was just such a beautiful, such a beautiful design. And I love I'm a sucker for I hate to say it because it's a little old fashioned now, but I'm a sucker for stacked leather.
1: Like yeah.
0: oh stacked leather is just is just bay. Like I just love <laughs> stacked leather. <laughs> it
1: It works so good as a handle material for stuff like that too because it absorbs the hit you know mm-hmm. it's like the old east wing hammers
0: that's what, uh, well that's that's why because my dad always had s wing hammers, and they always had that you know the white and black acro- the white and black plastic, and then the rest of it was all the stacked leather. In fact, I have the um DeResta skeleton knife, and my first stacked leather project is going to be making an S-Wing style handle for that knife. Like that's what I want to do. And the reason I haven't done it is because I want to do it right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. It's, which, it's
1: cool. It's, they're fun to make it. Uh, I'm turning mine, my leather on the lathe, which is interesting. Cause it well, that's wild. turns different than everything. Every other material
0: I've ever used. Did you like soak it in like an epoxy first to, to make it easier to turn? Or did you just turn it, turn it raw? Um, so I made a
1: jig that I can glue the stacked handle up together Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I use a threaded rod with two big aluminum, basically like gigantic aluminum washers and then nuts on each side. And that's what clamps it together while I'm gluing it. And uh-huh. I did a test of, I did a, a total boat epoxy. And then I also did just tight bond too. And, um, the epoxy definitely holds more, like holds mm-hmm. it together more, but it made it so rigid and so uh not as hand like like the hand feel wasn't as good that's a really bad description it it it's good yeah and so so now i just use type on too um and it turns great i reckon
0: um, it probably soaks in better too so like resin resin would probably sit more on the surface but the type on since it's water-based would probably soak into the leather a little better
1: yeah, I think both of them soak in because I'm using veg tan. So it's like just drinking everything. Like yeah. it's unbelievable the amount of glue I have to use because it's just <laughs> like it's it's just sucking it in. Mm-hmm. And I, I at first when I first started doing it, I was like I had a little cup and I was like dipping a brush and brushing it on. And now I literally just dump glue on the table and just throw all the leather in the glue and then start assembling. Idea. Yeah, but you got to work fast. <laughs> you have to work fast. Yeah. And uh, so, like all my metal pieces that I, are the, the clamp, I I paste wax them all up with mm-hmm. um, Johnson's paste wax, and so it's like a mold release basically. And when it come when it comes out, you hold it in your hand, you're like, "There's no way this is leather." Like it feels like a baseball bat. Like it's, it's wild. so tough, yeah. Um, and it's cool. And then when you turn it, your whole shop smells like a leather working shop, which is way better than a machinist shop smells
0: (laughs) yeah the only thing about the only thing that ever sucked about leather for me was putting it in the laser because i don't know if you've ever smelled laser burnt leather but it ain't pleasant (laughs) it's not pleasant at all you know one of the things that i feel like oh my god you would love to have one having a laser and i know you don't have one yet but man if you had a laser cutting the stack leather would take you seconds it would just be like lay out the shape and go for it I mean, it, I've seen so many people do leather stacked stuff, and then they put a whole hide of leather on their laser and just cut, 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 cut done.
1: It would be so nice to have. Yeah. And it would <laughs> speed me up a lot. So my malls, I, I like right now, actually, I've never actually released them for sale. I've sold all of them before <laughs> I've been able to release them because people hear about it and then they kind they're of DM beautiful. Me.
0: They're beautiful. And you've taken some hella of, hell of nice pictures of them and, you know. You yeah. You've you basically acted as your own PR department.
1: <laughs> well, you half your job is making it, half your job is selling it, right? So <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, but so, so eventually they will make it to my website when I have some for sale, and uh, when I get to that point, it would be excellent to have a laser. but the problem is, like, I'm I'm at the I'm in the realm right now where I'm like I want a CO2, but I I
0: need a fiber, so I, right. I kind of need both. What blows my mind is that... What blows my mind is that you're seeing um, UV lasers that are super cheap now. And I don't know... Is it UV? Is that... Or IR? was one of the two. I, it's relatively new to me. So... And I'm starting to see lasers. And they almost do what a fiber laser does, but they're, like, cheap. Like, you know, whereas a fiber may cost you 15 for a certain size, these cost, like, 6 or 7 And they pretty much have the same functionality. Like, you... I always call it the fingernail test. Like if you can run your fingernail over something and feel it, then it engraved. You okay. know, then you're good. As long as you can feel it with your fingernail, that's deep enough for most needs. But then there's also like even Chris just reviewed a couple of couple of months ago. Um, was it Adam Stack? I think it was Adam Stack or one of them made a, a fiber laser that sits on your table. It's like fourteen hundred dollars. I saw that, and it's like. Wow, like I'm, I, I was looking at fiber lasers that were nine, ten thousand dollars, like because I really, really, I'm the same way. Like making metal jewelry, fiber laser would be a godsend. Cut a pattern out on it, and then cut the shape later by hand. I don't even need the laser to cut it. I just want to put patterns on stuff. It's remarkable how much they've come down. Yeah, I'm hoping for.
1: I'm hoping for a, a massive swing where they come down even more so I can afford a higher wattage. You know, that's, mm. that's wattage a lot is of, key.
0: You don't need a lot of wattage though. That's the weird thing with a fiber. Like you look at some of them and they're like 50 watts and they'll engrave, they'll engrave copper. And you're doing all non-ferrous stuff anyway. Like they'll engrave, they'll do copper, bronze, brass. Yeah. I'm not going to do
1: steel, but. Brass is the tricky one because it, uh, it like absorbs, you know, like it, you mm. have to have, so like I've been looking at the Omtex and, Mm-hmm. um when you get up around the sixty watt it can actually do a little bit of thickness and brass, but mm-hmm. under that it's tr- i think it just struggles i don't know yeah. i don't I'm not knowledgeable enough to know exactly why but i i am knowledgeable enough to know that I want the biggest baddest one that takes the least amount of time to get it done because i'm impatient
0: so now I have a question for you, and, and this is not an insult, but this is something that, you know I know about you and the way you work um Part of this is going to be once you get that machine, you're going to have to really buckle down with design software. And I know technology is not your best friend. I mean, i you know, I was telling, I think it was last week or the week before I was talking about you wanted that U cut on, uh, for on your CNC for your, what, what was it for the, for the, for the press fit station that you have? Was that what it was for or? Oh
1: no, that was for, uh, yeah, it was for, uh, <laughs> I was making these little doghouse things. Okay. They, they look like a doghouse. Yeah
0: and you wanted you wanted that done and i was like and i actually did it for you and i don't mind by the way this is not me going ha i had to do that for you it's not that oh, yeah. but it's just i'm wondering like are, you, are is this mean you're going to have to like figure out some design software now like cuz i know i have this I, design software figured out where i it's called TextVincent. Oh, fair <laughs> enough that's good design software it's it's the funny thing is text vincent text vincent actually is very cheap um <laughs> It comes in the form of advice or random questions about how to cut something or maybe machine an anvil. Like, that's really about all that Tex Vincent actually ever needs. So, that's good. Yeah. That's good... I,
1: um, I, so the last time I was semi decent with Illustrator was like Illustrator, maybe like nine is when yeah. I was, you know, like 2000, A 2001, lot's something.
0: changed in the last four years, by the way. Just in the last four years, right. it's a very different piece of software. So, I need to buckle down and learn it. I um
1: I I feel like sometimes I just it's I don't know it's weird cuz like if you just put a machine in front of me like a manual machine you know like mm-hmm. whatever and you're like figure it out I have no problem figuring it out but when you're like put a computer between me and the machine and you're like figure it out now I'm like I think my brain is just too like I sit down at the computer and then within 15 minutes, I'm like, that's probably enough. Let's get out of here and go do something else. You know, like I just can't sit in front of the computer like that. And I've been trying to learn Fusion and uh, I've restarted the course four times. And it's just, I don't <laughs> which know. Course,
0: which course are you taking? Just curious. Are you taking Bob's uh, or?
1: No, it's this guy on YouTube. Oh, man, I can't even remember his name now. Lars? It's like, Lars Christensen? I think so. Yeah, it was like that's one a day. You do like one. If you project say it's a, a guy
0: day. on YouTube, it's got to be Lars Christensen. <laughs>
1: I think it's one a day, yeah. and then you know you start out with like a Coca Cola bottle, and
0: or it's like the third day. I think that's where I got to was the Coca Cola bottle, and I was like, I don't know, man. Like this is. Uh, so I'll recommend. I I always recommend the first course. I think people should take in in Fusion three sixty, is not for everybody because it doesn't do what everybody necessarily wants to do. But the one thing it does do is it gives you really good foundational knowledge, right. um, whatever you're going to do later. In fact, that's where I got most of my foundational knowledge. I mean, I've, obviously I was self-taught and then I took it further because of this course, the self, this course filled in the gaps. But um, Vlad, um, Vladimir Mariano's de- from Desktop Makes, he has a course, um, Fusion 360 for 3D printing. And I know you're not going to be 3D printing with it, but what he does do is over the course of, I think it's eight projects or 10 projects, each one is its own unit. And each unit will really, really, you use all the basic tools that you're ever going to need. All the basics are covered. If you want to take it further, you're going to need a more advanced course. There's no doubt in my mind. But what this will do is this will give you the foundation so that when you come to a need for an advanced tool, it's not going to be like... What do I do with this? Like what does this advanced tool do? Like it's a you know it gives you three steps before you use the advanced tool and you don't know what any of those tools do either. This course fills in all the early steps like the basic formation of a project. That's what he's really really good at. Um I would highly recommend it if fusion is something that you are really really trying to learn. Also, I mean Bob's course was very good. I don't use a lot of the stuff I learned in the course. But I also know how now, right? So right. like if you said design a piece of furniture using, using Fusion 360, I could. I don't do that, but I could do that, you know? And, right. But yeah, Fusion 360 is just an amazing piece of software that just without a little bit of guidance is useless. Yeah.
1: I feel like it was like drinking from a fire hose. Like, like Yes. Drinking from a fire hose. It was just, yeah. I'm like, is there like a dummy version of this that I could use to start? And then like, like turn off all almost
0: all the features and then let's roll into it like that that would be the helpful I thing learned for me. I I barely and it was only because I was thrown into the fire and had to figure it out that's how I had to learn Adobe Illustrator I didn't have time to take a course right right so basically my Adobe Illustrator knowledge was I have to get this done for work and then constantly when I wasn't at work watching a million different YouTube videos from people that do cool stuff on how to do it like how to use illustrator how to use and again it was the same stuff it was the foundational knowledge that i just didn't have and once i got those foundations down even if you only have the basics and you're not getting into the advanced tools you can kind of fake knowing what you're doing <laughs> right. which which honestly i hate to say it but that's what most of us are doing anyway we're just faking knowing what we're doing We none of us r- really know everything
1: did you find that uh cuz you i rem- before this we were talking about your your tablet do you find that a tablet makes Adobe Illustrator way easier to use. No, I find
0: honestly, so for okay, so it's very interesting that you asked that. I rarely use I have a Surface Laptop Studio, which is a convertible. So I have the the best of both worlds. Um it's a laptop, and then if I crack the back and fold it forward, it's a tablet. And I never use the tablet for Adobe Illustrator. Never. Okay. I prefer mouse and keyboard or trackpad and keyboard. For Photoshop, for Fresco, for those apps, I almost can't use a mouse anymore. Like I have a Wacom tablet on this computer that I'm recording on right now, and that's my preferred way to use. I almost don't use Photoshop with a mouse anymore. If I have to use a mouse with Photoshop, it feels wrong. Right. Um, like I don't even remember, Like the muscle memory isn't even really there anymore. So but no I don't like I don't like tablets with Illustrator. I don't I don't know why. Maybe it's just cuz the mouse just feels more precise And the tablet. You know, if I'm doing Photoshop stuff, it's usually touch up or art or trying to simulate brushes or painting, whatever. That's what it's made for, but yeah, I right. don't I don't love it for Illustrator. There are other people. I know I'm Caleb Gagne on YouTube. Um when Illustrator for the iPad came out, it was like somebody lit a fuse under him like he was so excited he does more um illustrator for ipad videos now than he does illustrator videos and like whole projects which blows my mind like i don't <laughs> yeah
1: but. yeah it's definitely it's so it's so cool to watch somebody that's like in their element and you're yeah. like wow that's insane like yeah you know it's uh w- when i used to build boards that's how like like i knew all of it right so like mm-hmm. if you came and watched it, it was very smooth. There was no wasted movement. That's that's the main thing. Like you can tell somebody who knows what they're doing when there's no wasted movement. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing everything the the least amount of things to make a job complete, right? Sure. And uh, I feel like I don't have that anymore, and because I'm always jumping into like such random projects and all over the place, mm-hmm. I don't have that anymore. But but
0: you have that. You probably have that at Christmas time when you're hitting your rush for pen orders. Oh yeah. Well, pins is yeah. I have that for pens for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing. Rolling. You probably have it. You have it for the stuff like that where you're in production. Your mind doesn't. Your mind just doesn't automatically switch to production mode. That's the problem, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's and I. I don't want to be in production mode most of the like that. Production mode is not no fun mode. That's just grinding. You know, just work. Yeah. It's like I've, I watch my kids play these video games. Like he plays this one. It's called Kaiju Universe. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's on Roblox. Okay. And I'm like, this game is just all it is is you're just grinding. It's just grinding all the time. And I'm like, this is so not me. Like I, I
0: got I got Pokemon Violet for the Nintendo Switch. Um, I got it. It was my thing of the week, like two or three weeks ago. I love the game. Okay. I love anything Pokemon. I love I love there are certain franchises where whatever comes out, I'm into it. I love this game. OK, I really do. I enjoy it. I find it fun. I think it's awesome. But here's the problem. <laughs> the first day of playing that game, because it is essentially a role playing game. You're building up experience. You're collecting Pokemon at the beginning. Everything you find is something to collect. So that's a little bit of fun. But when you go into a battle and you get beat by the base level bad guys because they're just wandering around in the grass, it's not fun. Right. And you have to just keep catching those little guys and making small incremental upgrades and small incremental upgrades. So that grind, I can't freaking stand it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand it. I don't know how people, like, I know people that play the game, play all the Pokemon games. You know, I know someone that plays Pokemon Go and she's a level 40. That's 10 levels ahead of me. And I'm like, I'm looking at these levels and I'm going through them as like I'm really grinding hard to catch up. Like, I don't, how do you get to 40? Like, you know, your next upgrade level is 2,000 experience. How do you get 2 million experience rather? How do you get 2 million experience? I'm at like a 200,000 per level. It's just a grind. It's, I don't have it in me either is really what I was trying to get around to also. So I totally can relate to the not loving the grind part.
1: Yeah, I just, so that's why I'd like to get into the more like into the more digitally creative side is mm-hmm. in the cncs into the more where I can eliminate that grinding mm-hmm. from my daily work right sure as much Don't as let possible. the robots do it <laughs> right I want to be the one who creates and I'll create the first one on manual machines like i I love that like that's mm-hmm. me f- problem solving and shooting it and then when I find something that's pretty close then let's draw it up and get it infusion let's not waste right. our time you know. I feel like that's probably not how most people work, but uh, that's how I w- that's how I would approach it. You know, I feel like a lot of people would design it first and then go to the the machine, but I kind of like design and You're
0: also you also have a skill set that lends itself to it, right? cuz the average person can't walk over to a lathe and make a thing. You know, I I used the example earlier of the of the um roundover bit used to make an acorn nut. Right. Right? Now you've probably done that a million times. You sure. probably that's not even like a big deal. To uh, to people like me and I remember when you did it in the makers on zoom group. I remember everybody reacted the same way to it like wait, you can do that? Like it was such a a mind f to watch you, you know, spin out a nut. Like oh, wow, he just made a nut. Like all right. <laughs> Game <Yeah>. on, dude. <laughs> it's know. funny
1: cuz you take something like that that people, you almost like take like hardware for granted. A hundred percent. Nobody knows how it's like, it's it's almost like, we don't know how it's made. We just buy it at the store. Yep. And I'm like, well, you can just make it real quick. Like if you have the stuff, just make it. And um, I think that kind of throws people into a loop. And then the other thing is when you use woodworking tools to cut metal, people are like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. And I'm yep. like, yeah, you, carbide's carbide, man. It's all about relief angles, you know?
0: So. Yeah. And speed. It's all, I remember, right. see, this is how little like woodworkers know about this stuff. I remember when we were talking about cutting the stuff that I bought from Online Metals. And I said, well, I think, the, I don't know if, I don't know if my bandsaw can, can can go fast enough. And you're like, yeah, that's not the problem. It's got to go slower. And I'm like. Right what <laughs> like i was so confused like wait you got to go slower like in woodworking everything is like i need it to go faster 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 because you you know faster it goes the cleaner it cuts it in metal it's almost the opposite like if you could just forge at it with one tooth every three seconds like that would actually be the ideal situation
1: right yeah it depends on you know size and material and stuff sure. like that but sure. yeah steel steel especially
0: it's got to slow down otherwise you're not going anywhere wild man i it's so funny the gap of knowledge between metal and wood like you know you you don't knowing both is impressive like really seriously knowing both is impressive because there's a really it's a, almost they're almost running opposites like you don't work the same way you know wood woodworking is generally subtractive whereas metalworking is generally additive um you know you're not you're rarely grinding away large quantities of metal Whereas with woodworking, you're almost always cutting away something.
1: Yeah, I guess it depends. Like, like for a fab chop, obviously they're adding, you're welding new metal on all the time. Yeah, machine chops are more reductive, but also at the same time, it's so expensive. So you're trying to not, you're trying to do the least amount of reduction possible. Well, because and that's the other, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You
0: guys, you you guys as as metal machinists, there's waste is is a killer like woodworkers we throw away we throw away a tree's worth of wood every year you know you guys uh, you know one ziploc bag full of scraps and you're annoyed with yourself <laughs>
1: yeah so like brass is so expensive now mm-hmm. i used to never keep anything you know like mm-hmm. any any chips any offcuts i would know I, I just uh, i don't know maybe i'm just a bad person <laughs> i just throw it away because i'm like it's not worth the time but mm-hmm. now like especially making these mall pieces there there's like few. Parts where you're, I have a decent amount of waste. And so now I'm recycling it. You know, it's, it's got to be. Cause
0: were you just dropping it in the forge and like dropping it in the forge and remelting it? Or so I have
1: a foundry, but what I'm doing right now is, um, I'm building up the stock. I'm just, I'm just holding it and, and then I'm going to cast it into billets so I can use it. Perfect. That's perfect. And then, once I learn fusion, uh, I will be 3D printing myself some um, patterns so I can do sand casting and do some Perfect. really cool stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just going to give you a piece of advice, by the way. If that's what you want to do, I'd almost not recommend you learning fusion. I hate to say it. Um, I would almost recommend you learn Blender instead. Okay. Um, if you're doing stuff to make mo- to make negatives for sand casting, like I'm, ta- I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about like putting it in a flask and using Petrobond, like that yep. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. So if you're going to do that, I'd probably recommend you learn Blender instead because it's more geared towards sculpting, and it's a little more natural as far as you know. Start. You basically start with a, a primitive that's usually some form of a lump of clay, right? Usually either a ball or a cylinder or a triangle or a square, and you just carve away at it with the tools. You might get more out of that than you would out of Fusion 360. Because Fusion okay. has sculpting tools, but they're not as good as Blender. Yeah, I've never even heard of that, so I'll have to check it out. Oh dude, Blender's great. And the one thing the one thing you'll love about Blender, there's a guy on YouTube called Blender Guru. And everyone that uses Blender and everyone listening that's used Blender is gonna know what I'm talking about, but you'll make you'll make the donut. Everybody's made the donut at some point. I made the donut. Um I know I think it was um Derek from derek from brain roads pc made the made the blend made the donut you know we've all made the donut you'll make the donut and once you make the donut you're going to feel like you could do everything and you're going to realize you still can't do everything but at least you understand what you what you don't know (laughs) gotcha but yeah i think i think blender is probably more what you're looking for because then you can do you could also do it's better at doing like organic shapes like rounded stuff smooth stuff not as Fusion I use for like mechanical stuff. Like if I want something precise and angular, like if I want to take up my logo, for example, and I want to make it, you know, extrude it and make it 3D, I would use Fusion for that. But if I wanted to make like a tree or design something that I would cast later on, I would probably do it with Blender. So, Cool. And then you can, oh my God. I mean, do you have, you have a 3D printer or no? I have
1: access to a 3D printer. I don't have
0: it in because my shop. You can get, you can get, even for FDM printers, the kind that use filament, you can get wax filament. Mm -hmm. And then you can, you you know, I've seen people do like print something in wax and then take some, take some strands of the wax just to make, to make sprues and attach it to the model and then put it on the tree and put it in the, put it in the flask and do all their casting that way. So you have a lot of options, (laughs) you have a lot of options, Yeah, especially with wax, it'll just burn out when you pour the metal in anyway.
1: Right, and I've seen guys using um, the PLA. Mm-hmm. They're like they lost PLA, but they're doing it for uh, Damascus now. So yeah. like in canister Damascus. And it's wild. It's wild. It what, is crazy. It's possible now.
0: It is. It is crazy. And these are you know the stuff we're talking about. You don't need high end tools for it. I've watched. I watched a guy. I watched a guy do um, electroforming, and he was using the models he was working with started on an Ender three, which is probably the cheapest print 3d printer you can buy at this point and he was doing electroforming with it and he just basically print out the model take it out sand it as much as he could cover it with graphite and then put the copper on it and it was done And it was just like whoa that's cool <laughs> yeah that's wild man
1: i can't wait until metal 3d
0: printers are attainable like for a hobbyist yeah i, I remember the first time i saw an sls printer I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, the idea that you could just shoot a laser beam into a pile of dust and yeah. <laughs> fabricate something, and you can make stuff that's suspended in other stuff without supports. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: But it's... I feel like the future... I feel like the future... You know, we we're, we're, we'll talk about something in my thing of the week, obviously, that is definitely the future, whether you like it or not. But I feel like the future is... The stuff that we all thought was well off in the future is starting to happen faster and faster. Like stuff that, as makers, we've predicted or wish list stuff that we've always wanted, we're starting to see show up. It's kind of crazy. It's, I mean, when you have a, an AI that can write a term paper for you, and it's, you know, and it's not, by the way, these AIs, the crazy thing about these AIs, they don't understand what they're writing they use models to determine language like they know like oh if somebody's saying this this is how they say it they don't know what they're saying they have no idea right they start with a nugget and then they use you know predictive language models to come up with how to say it and it's like damn this is incredible like it's it's an amazing time to be alive i it's I feel lucky to be part of it, like to have all the experience I've had before all this and then watch all this evolve and watch everything I do just evolve away. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you had to like stamp a time that was like
1: so like you know like uh like b c a uh b c and a mm-hmm. I feel like now it would be like um like b i and a i and it's like mm-hmm. before iPhone and after iPhone, is yeah. <laughs> like where things went crazy, sure. Um, because, like my grandfather, he started uh, when he got drafted into the army, he was working on prop like prop planes. He was born when a Model T first rolled out. <laughs> then he was drafted and he was working on <laughs> prop planes. And when he retired, he was working on F-14s. Like, wow, that is a gigantic swing. Of a, of a person's life right and and we you know allegedly landed on the moon somewhere in there also and allegedly. Uh, yeah. suckers <laughs> who believes that and uh and now i'm like we don't we, you know everybody says like oh we're, we're not gonna have that kind of crazy advancement i'm like yeah well yeah not that kind of advancement but we have our own light years oh, of advancement in different things that My... are not Like that, you know. Yeah, but
0: here's where it's different, right? And this is this is what people don't understand. Yeah, you're not gonna have a jump from, you know, the Wright brothers at Kitty Hawk to an F-14. You're not gonna have that jump, right? That jump is done. Even a jump from an F-14 to Elon Musk going to space is not as big a jump. It's just a different shaped vehicle with more power, right? That's all the it's not a real change. What you are having is a lot of smaller changes that we aren't even thinking about. And, you know, like, you know, I can I come home at night and the lights in my house are on, not because they're on a timer, but because they know I'm home. All the lights, all the light, like the light in my living room and the light on the front of my apartment turns on because it knows I'm in the area and I might and I'm coming home and it's lit up for me. You know, in my old house, everything was on some kind of smart system where I would when I went to bed, I would open up my phone. I would hit good night. Every light in the house would shut off and the front door would lock. That's like, awesome. like you know, and, you, you know, you may not look at it as, oh, yeah, because that's not as life changing as, you know, learning to fly. You're right. It's not. But it's way more pervasive. You know, all these little changes that we aren't even really noticing are all just appearing. You know, when I go to my TV now, I don't have I don't have cable. I have YouTube TV. And when it suggests a show I might watch, you know what? It's pretty good. Like it knows, hey, this is what you watch. You might like this, too. You know what? Right. Yeah, you're right. I would like that. <laughs> yeah, the algorithm provides. Yeah, hey, you watch you watch a lot of WWE and BattleBots. Hey, you might like AEW too. And you know what? I started watching AEW because YouTube kept suggesting. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good too. Okay, cool. Something else to watch.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, so. it's funny. I, I uh, as far as like that and the algorithm, TikTok for me, like after being on there for a month, mm-hmm. I'm like this, this app knows me like it it hits me with just it's sticky yeah it's sticky
0: and the more signals you give it the stickier it gets i i mean instagram reels i i mean i watch more instagram reels than i do tiktoks but i will say when i'm on tiktok if i give it signals that i like something i'm gonna see a lot of that stuff which it's just much better than anything else i watch at giving me what i've already told it i like much better and that's what makes it sticky. You know, everybody's trying to figure out why is TikTok so sticky? Cuz it listens. Right. <laughs> Cuz it answer. listens. Cuz it listens probably like, way too much. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's that's funny. There's a little more answer in there than I realized, but yeah. It's like, "Oh no, we want access to your mic, your camera, your location, your contacts." Like, Jesus. Right. <laughs> why don't I yeah. just I'll send it to the Chinese Communist Party. It'll be fine. I you don't have to ask. Just Right. But yeah, no, it's it's I think that's, I think, you know, the example of your grandfather is a good one. I think, but even what we've been through, you know, when when you and I were born and you and I are about the same age, you're a little bit younger, but we're about the same age. You know, when we were born, computers weren't in every house. Right. You know, I remember, I remember when I was growing up, you know, they would tell you, you know, you have to, this paper has to be typewritten. Right. And what did that mean? That means your mom or your dad would go into the closet and haul out this suitcase yep. and throw it on the kitchen table with this paper, this super onion skinny thin paper. And it'd be like, all right, clack, clack, clack. You know, that right. was typewritten back then because people didn't have computers. And I remember I used to have access to my grandfather's computer before I had one. And I used to go to his place and I used to type, I used to type my papers and I would hand them in in dot matrix form. With the tractors torn off the paper, and it was like, oh look what look what we just accomplished. We just computer wrote a paper, right? You know, life changing stuff back then, and, and that was crazy. Like it's like, oh, you have access to a. Pr-. It wasn't even a computer. It was like you have access to a printer. Right. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and forget it if like your mom worked in an office and had access to a laser printer. Ho ho ho! You want to talk about BDE? Hand in your paper done on a laser printer. (laughs) That's right. But yeah, I mean, that's, you know, just even even technology that way. Like, you know, I could sit here and I can run my entire business on my phone. I don't have to sit at my computer. Like I can manage inventory. I can print a shipping label from my phone. It's like, I mean, if I want to use a computer, I usually do want to use a computer. But
1: isn't it weird how like... And I I know, I know everybody's probably not this way, but I, I, I love the new technology and I love all these new things that are coming out, but then there's a soft spot for me for like these machines that are from the 1940s and our fifties. And like, I don't know if it's just nostalgia all right, this is a perfect example, but it has nothing to do with it. The other day I, we ate pizza hut Mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, this is trash pizza. But it was so good. And I think it was just hitting on nostalgia. It wasn't, it wasn't anything about how it actually tasted. Right. Um, and I think, so even for like the old tools and stuff, I have a spot for that where I just love them. Like I love, and I love the idea of taking, like, there's probably a guy just like me 50 years ago that made his living on this machine and, there's no way he would ever think that 50 years from that that time that there's another guy making his living on that machine. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't know. I feel I have a weird soft spot. I know everybody's probably not like that,
0: but I, I have that same soft spot, but in a different way, like as someone who's really into graphic design and someone who's really into the design of things, almost more so than the actual thing itself. I really love how artistic the old stuff looked. Like right. that typewriter, you know, I was just talking about typewriters in a suitcase, right? Well, I remember my mom and dad, they had the typewriter. Go get the typewriter. And you would go get this gigantic suitcase and you'd slap it out on the table and you'd unclip it. And the whole top of the suitcase, you'd just put that on the floor because the, the bottom of it was what held the typewriter. But that typewriter was beautiful. It was right. like a mint green color and it was had these swoopy, beautiful Art Deco lines and it just looked cool as hell because they didn't make utilitarian stuff in the 40s and 50s everything was designed to be beautiful and modern that's why i think that's why mid-century modern is so big with people because it was just for the sake of being beautiful right there was no additional function to making a kidney-shaped coffee table <laughs> <laughs> it was just beautiful they're just beautiful tables you know splayed pointy legs and you know, just God, just go to Chris Salamone's page. Just look at anything he makes. There's no functional reason to make anything that looks the way he makes it, but it's beautiful stuff. Right. Sometimes you know, was, you make art for art's sake, right? Yeah, I mean, they made refrigerators that looked like the cars of the time, which right. always blows my mind. Like, you know, everybody jokes about the mint green appliances in a '50s kitchen. Yeah, but look at the cars you know, you had a mint green 57 Bel Air on your driveway that matched your mint green stove and your mint green refrigerator with Chrome all over it. So, right. And it it's was awesome. just beautiful for the sake of being beautiful. So, which is why I bought a couple of different 1940s and 1950s things. Like I have a lamp, I have um an old, like a polar club, a polar cub fan, like all this stuff that I want to just restore. Um, oh i love those staplers i love those they work so well so much better than a traditional stapler
1: so this is a um a swing line number three and -hmm. it's all it's the art deco casting and everything and i bought this because i was like i just loved the casting Mm -hmm. and um and the lady's like oh yeah it doesn't work but you can have it for 10 bucks i'm like for 10 bucks i'll make this thing work so i went Mm -hmm. home and i dug you know harbor freight sells those uh the spring packs sure, like on the back yeah. wall kind of deal. Uh-huh. went in there within 2 minutes i had this thing working and i'm like perfect works for per 10 bucks and it's a cool art deco stapler you know
0: i i i have that i have that same level of i just want to make it work for like old like tabletop games so like i fixed a um i fixed a simon um like a the the old simon from the 70s right and the satisfaction of that thing working again I've never felt anything like that in my life. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like, it's the greatest feeling in the world when you take something that somebody gave up on and was just selling to get rid of it. And you all, you know, I opened it up and I could immediately tell what was wrong. And I was like, all right, well, this is going to be the first thing I ever fix this way. And it was, and it works. And I still have it. It still works. It's on my bookcase now. And I'm like, I could sell this, but I kind of don't, don't want to sell it because I made it work like this one. Maybe I'll do another one. So I bought another broken one on eBay and that one I'm going to sell hey, but this yeah. one. This is mine. You know, I fixed like a Coleco football, you know, fixed everything inside of it, resoldered a power transistor and then just redid the battery. It was missing battery connectors. That's why it wasn't working. Two of the ba- four of the battery connectors were missing. I made new battery connectors. I soldered the whole thing up, put it back together, turned it on. Beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, there we go. Another, another thing fixed, you know, and yeah. that, that, that what you did with the stapler, it just felt the same way for me with those. It's like, yeah, these were all just given up on. And now somebody will enjoy them or I have them on display. Like I, I kind of like having them. It's kind of cool. Like, oh yeah. People look at it and go, oh, I had that as a kid, you know, Right. that nostalgia is a powerful thing, man. <laughs>
1: It sure is. It's, uh, and I didn't realize it. I guess you don't realize it until you get old enough to have nostalgia. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, look at, the, look at the lamp that you made for the Enlightenment Challenge, which I keep seeing behind us when you make, you know, with the average donut warmer. Um, you have <laughs> the, even the design of that, even the design of that. There's a very 1950s sure. space thing that went on with the design of that. And it's like you can tell what people like when they start, when you let them design their own thing.
1: Yeah, I would love to design product, just design product, you know, like Mm -hmm. make things look the way that I think that they should look. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's any money in that. So I guess there is because I'm doing a razor blade holder, right? The way I want it to look. So I guess maybe it's just different scale. But I think even furniture design um, would be cool to do. But I like metal things. So you, you really do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. That's an expensive proposition is to start making a lot of furniture out of metals. Very, very expensive.
0: When does your, do you get a big rush? I've, I've always wondered this and I've never actually asked you this. Do you get a big rush of orders for like father's day for like in June for like graduations? Like, or is it, or is your business like heavily I imagine a majority of your stuff is Christmas, but like, absolutely, is there? Are there other parts of the year where it's like things really pop off for a little while, even if it's a shorter pop?
1: Yeah, the Father's Day is the biggest. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and then um, police um, graduations, uh, because I I make so many thin blue line pens, so police graduation gifts—that's a big one. But and that's there's typically I think there's like two of those a year. So, Mm -hmm. um, but Christmas for sure is like. as soon as i start hit like mid-october mm-hmm. i feel
0: like i just vanish off
1: of instagram like you just
0: don't see oh, it me was anywhere. great it was great like even on the pod even on the podcast um you know you know christy and dean would be like what are you working on this week and you would just go do i really have to say i've been working on pens, <laughs> like, right. pens. yeah there's nothing else <laughs> happening yeah yeah it's, it's pens um, it's nothing but pens and it's not gonna be anything but pens for at least weeks <laughs> yeah. not months
1: I'm always like, can we just skip my part and let's talk about what you guys are doing? You know? Yeah.
0: Like, you should just, you should, you you should, you, at that part of the year, you should just intro that segment and go, okay, I've been working on pens. I'm done. What are you working on, Dean? <laughs> right. Exactly. Dean will be like building the Eiffel Tower out of like leather scraps or some crazy shit because that's how Dean is now. He's like a mad scientist. Yeah.
1: Every time I, so I opened up Instagram today and he's like stripping down some Jordans. I'm like, what is going on? Like he's, he's all over the place. You know
0: <laughs> I. I, I I like I I identify more with that kind of making though, like like the other day the other day I was working on um I was working on just a straight up no particular reason art project right um I haven't gotten to take beauty shots of it because it's been raining for two days and my beauty shots it's not like my old shop so I have to go outside to take my beauty shots so I'm waiting for the weather to get nicer but I was I've enjoyed I enjoyed making it so much but it's so random. You know, like it's, yeah. it's like, Oh, look, what are you, what are you making? What? Like, I mean, it looks cool, but what are you making? Like, what is that? So
1: I f- I feel like cause me being full-time, like full-time maker or whatever you want to call it, produ- you know, manufacturer, I don't get the same free time that people do to make what they want to make. So like, like Dean, for example, he works a normal job. He comes home and his main product that he wants are main project that he wants to do is like those shoes. So I feel like sort of envious of that. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, like he can devote the time to it. Cause he's already pu- punched the clock. And you know, right. but then I realized like, no, you're an idiot. You can do it whenever you want. You just have to set time aside for it. You know? Yeah. So do you um,
0: find, do you find that that's, I, I find personally, personally, I find it really difficult to get motivated to make stuff for myself. Like I really do like as much as I enjoy doing it, like I've enjoyed the hell out of this art project that I just finished. I enjoyed it from start to finish. Every step of it produced more toward the result and it was just super duper rewarding and I loved it. But I don't give myself enough time for that stuff. I readily admit it. I've told people this, you know, if I'm making something, it's either going to go into a piece of content or go out to a client. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, and I, I hate it. I hate it. And I don't know what to do. And you know, if anybody anybody has any suggestions, I'm open to them. If anybody wants to shoot me an email with a suggestion or a message on Instagram with a suggestion, I'm open to suggestions about how I can get better about that. Because like I'm very excited about a particular project that I bought the supplies for and they're all sitting on my table inside. I can't get motivated to start it because it's not going to make me money. And that's terrible. Like yeah. I'm excited about the project. I want to do this. I, I'm not excited about getting it done. I'm just yeah. not.
1: That's that's exactly how I am. Like I feel like I'm wasting time by using time on myself. Yes. Right. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I should be making something that sells, or I should be making some. You know, I, I don't know. I guess it's a hang up.
0: I've spent I've spent so many I've spent so many years trying to move the needle, that now when something doesn't move the needle, it's like I don't want to do it. Like it's a way. It's not. It's not a. Be, it's not a good use of my time. Right. You know, it's just, it, it's, that's a stupid way to think of things. Yeah, You know, I wish, I, I wish I could be more like, I wish I could be more like Jeff. I really do. Like Jeff, Jeff is exploring and doing interesting things and he's trying new things. And it's like, I just don't have that in me the way he does. I don't, I don't think I ever will. It's just not my mindset. You know, I've tried, I've had fun. I have fun when I do it, but getting over the hump of here's all your materials get started and it's like eh, eh, there's no there's no payoff at the end other than the satisfaction of a job well done well that's great but you know that's i don't have a job right now so i don't need a job well done i need a job that pays (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah and i think sometimes i fall into
1: like like when i decided to uh restore my my milling machine that was like a two-month thing that really took away from business right because i was like Number one, I didn't have a milling machine (laughs) at the time, (laughs) you know, and number two, because I was just wasting so many hours. But then when you look back, you're like, oh, I didn't waste them. This thing is way better. It's You know, but there wasn't the payoff of like, oh, I finished it and got handed a big check. You know, it was right. So I I totally I agree with you that I'm I'm very similar to you in that in that vein where it's it's tough to do it.
0: I watch, you know, I watch content creators, people that are primarily content creators, and they don't have that problem. And I've talked to a couple of them. And they're like, oh, I don't have that problem. I, you know, it's hard for me to relate. And I'm like, you don't have that problem because when you make something, you're making content. Right. Like you're filming everything you do. You know, rarely if you ask a content creator how much making they do outside of content creation, the answer is usually none or very little. Right? right, So the reason you guys don't have that problem is because you're making content out of all of it. And I'm not I'm not judging you for it, but I'm just saying that I'm not making content out of everything. And I don't want to make content out of everything I make. I mean, I kind of do, but I also want to get these things. If I'm motivated enough to get off my ass and actually do something, the last thing I want to do is juggle cameras to get stuff done.
1: Yeah, that's why you don't see very many reels of pin making. <laughs> it's because exactly. I'm just trying to get it done.
0: Right. Like you, you and, 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 and. The you know the flip side of that is you're not going to sit there in March and make a pen just so you can film it, because right. that's not your mindset. You don't do that. You make pens when people need pens and order pens. So, right. yeah. yeah. See, this is you and I. This is why you and I, I think this is why you and I get along so well because you and I are, for better or worse, we think a lot alike. You know, you obviously have a much bigger business than I will ever have, and you have a much more you have a much more focused market. You do, you you're just more involved and your business is a bigger part of what you are than mine is but we do think about things the same way and it's kind of funny because i can i can hear you saying stuff going yeah that's me that's me (laughs) that's me when you meet a kindred spirit you hang on to them for dear life because it's rare that you find someone where you go oh my god he gets me (laughs) yeah normally i'm like look at this idiot he's just like me (laughs) (laughs) i'm not the only idiot yes (laughs) right exactly um Uh, Speaking of people who aren't idiots No, we're not speaking of people who are not idiots That's a terrible segue But why don't we get over into uh, things of the week And we'll talk about some cool stuff So why don't you go first since you're the guest here
1: Sure, sure So I wanted to bring up uh, It's it's a guy named His Instagram name is Crafty B So it's underscore Crafty B All one word, underscore And uh, So he's an old um, tool and die maker He retired And then now he does like Uh, all kinds of foundry casting and machining and like hot rod parts, like gas caps and just really cool stuff. And I've learned uh, a ton from him over the years on Instagram. He used to do like these crafty bee tips, like quick tips. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think they're in his, like the permanent bubble stories underneath it in his profile. So I think you can find them there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he's just a wealth of knowledge with all that kind of stuff and, um, I noticed he started really pumping his YouTube channel and everybody knows how rough it is to start a YouTube channel. And, you know, you're grinding and getting all these videos and projects done and nobody's watching it. So I wanted to shout him out and, uh, him be the thing of the week. So go check him out, check out his YouTube. Um, but, uh, he's a great follow. He's an energetic guy. And, you can tell he's really into what he's got going on, which is that's what I love. When somebody's really into it, I can watch them do it, you know? So, um, so yeah, go check him out.
0: Cool. I will absolutely check him out. He's on YouTube at his YouTube handle is at K Brown 6700 and his Instagram is underscore crafty, the letter B underscore. So I definitely want to check him out. Um, Austin mentioned him earlier before we started and I was looking through his stuff. Some of the stuff is pretty wild. Like it's, it's cool stuff. I'm I'm actually gonna follow his YouTube account just so he has a couple of people following him, but definitely go check him out if you're into metal. Um I saw Austin was showing me a metal gas cap and immediately immediately made me think of Chris Powell. So yeah, so. yeah, exactly. I'm sure
1: Chris follows him for sure.
0: I'd be willing to bet that if you could see YouTube followers, he's probably in there. This is uh this is a good one. There's a lot of interesting stuff. He made a metal Devo hat for a frankenstein yeah. head that's kind of cool yeah i think uh, it's like
1: a shifter the shifter knob and stuff so if, yeah. you, if you scroll way back he's got a um a roadster that he cast like the windshield and the headlights and like he made all these parts for it and it was a gorgeous car man i love wow. that car when he sold it i was like i cannot believe he sold it but <laughs> um he's just got some really cool stuff really he's got good style you know um, like the stuff that he makes looks cool and uh and it's just yeah, just like we were talking about. Like when people gave a crap about what things look like, not just what they did.
0: I also think it's interesting that he does cast stuff and machine stuff. Like usually you don't see usually people get very narrow into their niche. They either cast stuff or they machine it and he seems to be uh he seems to be cracking away at both, which I definitely respect. Like that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's so. he's good. He's he's a talented guy. So give him give him a follow
0: cool and things.
1: uh check out his stuff. I'm I'm eventually gonna get him on the podcast because I wanna I wanna chat with him. But
0: but with you guys, you have to wait till he does one crazy project that you can say, Okay, good, we want to talk to you about that. Let's go. <laughs> Let's yep. have you on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Your format lends itself to that, but that's cool because then you'll have something guaranteed to talk about and then you can transition into everything else. That's a good one. Um I like it and I'm following, so good recommendation. Cool. Um, my thing of the week is something that everyone's talking about, which is really kind of, it's not even a cop-out. It's just something that I legitimately just started playing with for the first time. And I had been playing with, there's, there's, everyone's talking about artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence, AI, is it going to kill this? Is it going to kill that? It's amazing here. It's amazing there. And I had been playing, oh wow, since probably May-ish. Yeah, probably about May or June. I've been playing with OpenAI's Dolly 2, which is amazing. Like it was it blew my mind the first time I ran a couple of things through it, Um, you know, talking about like making people out of nowhere and, you know, giving it crazy prompts and having it deliver pretty convincing results. And I started seeing people are using we're using another one called Mid Journey, And I was like, I don't really want to go through Discord like, you know, like. I'm happy with Open AI, with OpenAI's Dolly, yeah. and that's cool, whatever. But then people started, people started, um, they started really using Midjourney, and Midjourney's improved. They're up to version, I think they're up to version 5.2 now or 4.0. They've moved quite a few versions from when I first saw it. And
1: yeah. I think part of it too is that like people are getting good at learning what to, to prompt yes. it with, right? So yes. like, there there's a learning curve that so not only is the software better, it's also people have learned to make it work better.
0: A hundred percent. And I will tell you from experience that my first few queries were good, but the more I learn how to tell it what I want, the better the results are getting. So my thing of the week is absolutely mid-journey. And I sent Austin a couple of photos that I had it generate when I was first learning how to use it. Cause I was like, okay. Let's see what this looks like compared to the stuff from Dali. What I've learned, and this is, this is really the difference between the two, Mid Journey is very good at making photorealistic um, things out of thin air, whereas Dali is much better at making artistic. Dali is more accomplished, I should say, at making stylized stuff. So if you want, if you want, you know, a picture of, you know, a picture of George Washington, ask ask um, Journey. But if you want a picture of George Washington in the style of Vincent Van Gogh, ask Dolly. It'll probably do a better job. For now, I mean, that's going to obviously change, but this stuff is incredible. It's I can't a wait. David Picciuto.
1: Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say I can't wait until you can be like. Like it will do a video like, so like those 1930 scenes you sent
0: to me that it made the picture. Everything like, starts mi- moving. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. would be killer. I, I was thinking, I was thinking that when I saw that too, I was like, wow, imagine if this could move. Right. And you know, if you look really close, like I noticed, I wanted to see like how, how much thought thought in quotes, right. The AI puts into what it produces. So I looked really close and there are a couple of like obvious errors in that photo, But unless you're looking for them, you will never see them. And if I wanted to, if I'm doing a design for a customer, you know, I can say, all right, make me this and, you know, use that to mock up a design. Like if I'm, if I, I I, I was thinking those 1940s pictures that I sent you would be perfect on like a a can of coffee from New York City. Yeah. You know, like just an old school or coffee, like a coffee branding thing, like, oh, look, like old school coffee, you know, and just, it's so incredible. And I've had so much fun playing with it. It's, it's an incredible, incredible thing. And I know people are scared that it's going to take some artist job or some, whatever. I get it. I'm not even going to have that discussion because I have definite opinions and some of you aren't going to like them. But (laughs) what I will say is don't, don't pass up the opportunity to start learning how this stuff works because it's not going anywhere. If anything, I mean, Microsoft just debuted um, a new version of Bing that is essentially based on chat GPT, which is from OpenAI also. And it's wild. Like you can have a conversation with the search engine. So you can say, hey, I, I have these ingredients. Can you give me a recipe that works with it? Wow. and it'll give you the recipe. And then the next thing you could say is, "What if I needed to make that for 8 people? How much of each thing would I need?" And it'll adjust the recipe and give you the recipe over. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, but if you look at that as anything but this is kind of kind of amazing, you might be in big trouble over the next couple of years because that's the way it's going. You know, imagine I'm so you...
1: close to having Tony Stark's workshop. I can just oh, feel it
0: right there right there you know the computer in star trek all the stuff that everybody always wanted right all that stuff that we always wanted the ever-present computer that could answer every question do things for you i mean i watched a, I watched a video the other day and i couldn't believe what i was seeing but they asked chat gpt to write them a program in basic on a commodore 64 and it worked wow that's and crazy I was like, man i'm like I'm, I'm I'm, like, this is it. This is it. Like if you have, if you have a specialized skill, this is a piece of warning for people. If you have a specialized skill that can be re- replaced with one line queries in an AI, I'm very sorry for you. Yeah. I'm very, you're the people that should be scared. Artists, artists, you'll never replace artists with AI. For the people that want art, they're always going to want art. But there's a lot of stuff that AI is going to enable people who aren't experts to do, and that's exciting. Yeah, I've already started
1: making uh Terminator machines. So that way once it's once it's good enough, I can release these
0: babies. <laughs> Austin already has like a whole bunch of ex endoskeletons sitting in the freaking <laughs> shop just waiting for a brain. <laughs> it's funny. He wants Terminator, he's gonna end up with Megan. <laughs> um Austin, it has been an absolute hoot chatting with you. Um, I I love chatting with you, anyway. And I just like, you know what? Let's have Austin on this week. Why the hell not? Right? Yeah. Thanks for want to come on. Want to come on tomorrow? Sure. Okay. Cool. (laughs)
1: Yeah. That's when you invited me. I'm like, oh, are you changing the name to Digital Luddite (laughs) (laughs) instead of?
0: (laughs) Somebody actually suggested, like, just put it back to Because We Make and go back to the way it was. I'm like, yeah, Because We Make is dead, but I may just, I may just go with content creators and people who are presences well, on the internet i think yeah not, i mean whatever. obviously
1: we're all using digital forms at exactly. some at some level i mean it's not uh i'm not um i'm not jeff or somebody like that but mm-hmm. i am using some digital formats that's for sure
0: sure 100 percent. i mean you, you you can't avoid it at this point even and even like i said before even straight up content creators you know that's digital creativity content creation is digital creativity as far as i'm concerned so uh That's my excuse for having people on that aren't makers. So get used to it, guys. It's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Austin, where can people find you if they want to find out more about you and see what you're up to and, uh, you know, tease you about your pens or whatever they need to tease you about? (laughs) Hey, everyone. Peter Vincent here. You may have realized that I screwed up pretty big in this recording and didn't read the Hall of Fame. I was involved in the conversation. It was a good conversation. So let me rectify that right now. Here we go. People that support this show financially are Matthew Sario of Artigiano Sario, Big Al Schultz of New York Woodworks, Tori Decker of Tory Did It, Ed Swanson of Ed's Clocks and More, Jake Drews of Make with Jake, Megan Chris from Onyx Designs Woodwork, Chris Eri of Warren Works, Jeff Stein, aka a Weird Guy, Kim and Garrett from Kim and Garrett Make It, Rory Langefeld of RLL Woodworks and DIY, Robert J Keller, Rebecca Cole of Bexie Designs, Brian Arsenault, the Seven Hills Maker. Lars Coleman of Colorado Multicraft, Dave Bauer of Dave Bauer Art, Nick Birchtold of Birchtold Design Build, Jeremy Spees, Mike from Pixels to Prototype, Donald LeBlanc of Fun with Woodworking, Grant Alexander from The Clamp Podcast, Brad Harrison of Brad's Customs, and Billy Poulton of Poulton Projects. Thank you to all the people that support the show financially. If you can't support the show financially, that's fine too. Just share the show, tell someone about it, or even write a review, because every little bit you do to help me promote this show Helps tremendously. And now back to the end of the podcast. Sure, man. So uh,
1: High Caliber Craftsman everywhere. And then if uh, I have a separate Instagram that I kind of do my, you know, it's a little more like behind the scene kind of stuff. What I'm making, what I'm playing around with. That's High Caliber Craftsman builds Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then I also do a podcast with Dean uh, Duplantis and Christy from Twisted Twine Woodworking. And it's called Making Our Way.
0: Yep, which is um one of my favorite podcasts, one of I it's 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 always it's always cool. Like I feel like almost every podcast I listen to is someone I know now, and yeah. I'm totally cool with that. Like I'm I'm totally cool with just listening to people I know just shoot the shit. You guys, I was telling I I I created a group chat a couple of weeks ago um with the three of you I'm like, I cannot believe you guys just did this to me, but I just spent an hour and 20 minutes listening to a guy talk about fly fishing and I don't give a shit about fishing at all. (laughs) Like this is, I mean, that's how good you guys are at what you do. Like you made me give a damn about fly fishing. It's like, and I'll be honest with you, you have, you guys have had a lot of guests where I start up the app. When I start up my podcast app, I see, I see your podcast come up on Tuesday morning and I look at the guest, and I'm like, Oh, right. hell, would I want to listen to that? And I'm like, nah, screw it, just listen. And every single freaking time, I'm like, damn, that was interesting. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I shouldn't be interested in this. Why do I care? This is
1: gonna sound totally shitty as me as one of the podcast (laughs) co-hosts, but uh, Dean or Christy will suggest somebody, and I'm like, why the fuck do I want to talk? Oh, sorry, am I allowed to cuss? I don't bleep me out. Uh, Why would I want to talk to that person? (laughs) And then we have him on, and I was like, oh, that was great. Like, it's it's surprising and uh, you know i try to have an open of course i'm open-minded when they get sure. on there but you have to be yeah and um so i definitely um i i definitely feel and understand where people are coming from but i yeah. think we, i think we can spin it enough to to make it enjoyable that they can listen to and it's um and if I not think- you can just listen to us in the front in the beginning and the end and skip the guest if you have to
0: I feel like what you guys do really, really well, and this is what I love about Making Our Way, and it's why I'm one of your patrons, um, I feel like what you guys do really, really well is you figure out you figure out what the guest is, where the guest's passion is, like what part of what they do is their passion, and you just kind of crack it open just a little bit, and they Kool-Aid man right out of it. It's like, right. boom. like uh, Once you crack the shell, all the egg just comes right out and they just, you just let them go. And I think it's fantastic what you guys do. I like, I also like that the guests, I like that you guys have distinct time where you allow yourself just to talk to each other. I think, I think it's good. I think I'm totally, I totally enjoy it. Like I said, that's why I'm a patron. And if you haven't listened to making our way, you definitely need to check it out. It's wherever, wherever you get your podcasts, they drop every Tuesday morning. Um, and apparently the after show is thing of legend. I'm not going to lie. I don't really listen to anyone's after show. I barely have enough time for the podcast, but right. apparently the after show is freaking legendary for making our way. So you may want to become a patron just so you can hear that, um, which is patreoncom slash making our way. So you can go check that out also. Austin, It's been an absolute hoop, my friend. And um, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for your next product drop. I am. I literally want to be, I want number one. I want literally the first one you sell to be to me. And I want a number one stamped on it so that I know (laughs) that I got the first one. I want the first one. I am excited beyond belief about it. So That's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, absolutely. I feel like we
1: haven't talked enough here recently that, uh, because normally, well, of course we do, but it's chat. It's text. So this has been fun.
0: I haven't, I, I, I'm not going to lie. And I think anyone that follows me or t- chats with me knows I've had some, I've had some ups and downs the last couple of months and I've just been kind of hibernating, spending, spending a lot of time just hibernating and being quiet and just kind of laying off things a little bit. And it's kind of like, I think that's what I needed. I think I just needed to detach from the world a little bit. So my apologies sure. for that. I'm, I am a shitty friend. I readily admit that I've been <laughs> a shitty friend to a lot of people, but I'll be back at some point back to normal, but um, you know, it, it happens. It yeah, happens. But of course. No, that's just know cycle. that if I don't talk to y'all every day, I still love every one of you. Aww, oh, warm, fuzzy, pink, puffy hearts. <laughs> Hold on, I'll make a little heart symbol. That's that's a terrible heart. I can't do that. Whatever. It's too hard to do it on camera. Get it th- <laughs> Great. Now I'm a, it's like a triangle. Nice. Um, everybody, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, uh, catch you all next week. I don't know who the guest is. I didn't know who the guest was going to be this week. And look what I brought you. I brought you Austin freaking Saunders. I mean, come on come on on short notice i brought you austin freaking saunders but i'll have somebody next week i have an idea i have two ideas i just got to see if they're available so um one way or the other there will be a show so the people that are paying you're going to get your money's worth Uh, until then have a great week everybody and i'll chat with you then